Physical intimacy is a wonderful gift for married couples, but a great sex life isn't achieved overnight. It takes time and energy and work and effort. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. They lead our Focus on the Family Marriage team. Erin, uh, you do a lot of counseling. How often do you meet a young couple and um, they had high expectations that are not being met? So they're talking to you because, frankly, they're frustrated about their sex life. Mm-hmm. It's common. And actually, the research says that over a third or 34% of Americans are dissatisfied. And you think about adding the young couple component. Often young couples are, you know, building careers, building families. You know, they have small kids. And they've also had these expectations of what married sex is going to be like. And so often they come in, when they're coming in, they're coming in to talk about something that's not working. And usually the overflow of disconnection in the relationship, it impacts their sex life. And, you know, oftentimes as we rebuild that connection, their sex life also improves. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important for them to come in. Whenever they do, young couples come in, I just love it because it is such an opportunity to send them on a different trajectory in their relationship. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of great insight in what we're about to hear, which is the continuation of a conversation that Jim Daly and I had with Gary Thomas and Deborah Faleta. Here's Jim. Gary, in that opening clip that we played, you referenced the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs. What What is so... Uh, important for us to know about the title Song of Songs. It's an ancient Near Eastern phrase that elevates what's being talked about. Most of the listeners are familiar with God being described as the King of Kings. What does that mean? It doesn't just mean that he's the strongest of kings or the most majestic of kings. It means if you were to put all the kings of the universe together, he's king of those kings. He's different Hmm. and kind. And so here you have the Bible dealing with a subject saying there's no other song like this one. Now, it's pre-Christ, which I think is significant. But when it's looking at all of the Old Testament songs, you could have the song of Deborah, the song of Moses, the song of David. The song of songs, unlike any other song, is a song that celebrates the sexual relationship between a husband and a wife. And when we think about what it does, the, the spiritual analogies, what it does to our brains in the relationship to keep bonding us toward each other, what it does to remind us that we are physical beings created with bodies that have nerve endings, and that we can literally create humans that share our DNA, mm-hmm. co-creators with God. It's astonishing what physical intimacy represents. And the Bible says that just in the title of the book. You don't even have to get into the verses where it's saying we don't need to be ashamed of this. We should celebrate it and unleash the power. And the good news, Jim, is that what we discovered with a lot of the uh, researchers that it takes a couple about 20 years to hit their sexual prime. Oh, that should be encouraging to younger couples. Right. Because it's not just about the physical act, which you can master in a little bit of time, but it's a relational thing. It's a spiritual thing. There's a lot of dynamics, mm. which means for those listeners, when Deborah was talking about the bowl and how valuable it is, they can rediscover the value of this act for their marriage. They yeah. can realize in a whole new way with a little thought, a little understanding scripturally, relationally, physically, and then with some tips this can be a whole new element of marriage. It could lead to a whole new marriage. Well, and again, that begins to describe what Paul called, the Apostle Paul, this mystery. 
Yes. Right. He wrote about it as a mystery, the way a man is with a woman. I just find that very interesting that there is something deeply spiritual and we tend to cheapen it partly because the culture seeps into the church too. And, you know, we don't realize the magnificence of what God has created here and this gift he's given us and to do so with a smile. I, and I know there's pain in all of that. And again, we're speaking to those couples where if we can just make a couple of degree change in our attitude, it will change your physical intimacy relationship. And that's our goal here. If you have deeper problems, we want you to call us and talk with us. Uh, those challenges need to be met head on. And we do have counselors to help you there. One thing I found disheartening is how many people we've heard from who don't have that biblical view of sex. In fact, one woman said to me, I was shocked to see that sex is so celebrated in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, some people come from cultures where sex isn't really talked about as a biblical thing. And all they hear is, don't do it before marriage, don't do it before marriage, it's bad, stay away. And then all of a sudden, somehow they're expected to shift that mentality in marriage and they really struggle with that. So it was beautiful to be able to shine the light on how biblical a healthy sex life really is. Well, you've you've opened that door, and I was going to ask this question a little later, so I'll ask it now. I mean, that's, I think, one of the great difficulties in the Christian community. And I've talked to my wife, Jean, about this. You know, you you have that self-expectation of, I'm going to save myself, which is exactly the right idea. We don't want to suggests that you need to experiment or any of that. You want to save this until you're married. This is God's plan, his wedding gift, as I call it with my own boys. And it's something you keep wrapped until your wedding night. And uh, and yet at the same time, I think especially for Christian women to try to make that leap from no, 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 to yes, yes, yes. And in talking with Jean, she said, I found that very difficult to do. And I think a lot of women are in that place and probably some men too that are trying to bridle that appetite, bridle that appetite. And then we start marrying later. And now the bridling of that appetite is even more dangerous, really. So speak to that attitude uh, first for the women and maybe Gary, you can speak for the men. But how do we flip that switch and all of a sudden emotionally, intellectually, physically embrace? Wow. Okay. I get to cut loose now with my husband. Right. I know so many people are feeling stuck in that because of the things they've heard, the things they've learned. Um, There's a lot of false expectations that we bring into marriage, including um, the belief that sex is just for the man. For example, a lot of women struggle because they've been taught that this is just for the man and they don't understand that there is so much pleasure that God has for them as well. When it becomes a duty thing. Right. It becomes a duty instead of a gift for them to be celebrated, something to fill them up. And so I think having conversations like this begins to change the narrative, begins to help us understand that it's a gift for a reason. And there are so many blessings that come on the other side of marriage, blessings and gifts to be enjoyed. But I think we're not having enough conversations to help people understand that. Right. Now, I could imagine a guy who hears this today talks to his wife over dinner tonight and says, honey, I was listening to Focus on the Family. They said sex was a gift. She will say, yeah, what man told you that? (laughs) So it is important and it's the right thing. How do we see this as a gift? 
Bible, Greg, the guests uh, talked about how some women struggle with making that transition from no to yes, uh, and when they get married, how can a husband be patient and show love to his wife if she's really struggling with that? Well, first of all, don't throw scripture in her face. <laughs> and sadly, I know that that happens quite a bit. Your mm. body is my body. I mean, some of those verses that we misuse. Mm. And I, I would say instead, make her struggle okay. You know, don't judge it. Don't heap shame upon her. Instead, really listen and try to better understand. I mean, if, if Aaron, you know, says, no, not tonight, I mean, I have a choice. I can do something that's probably going to help build our relationship, or I can instantly cause damage by just simply how I handle that. And so, yeah, again, I'm, I'm probably not going to debate her and argue, well, why not? You know, I might just say, oh, so it, it sounds like tonight's a good night. I just, I love connecting that way. So, Hopefully that's something we can do tomorrow or the next day. I mean, just to put that out there to her that this is really about connection, but I want to respect exactly where you're at. Yeah, And it's so important, especially early on, that we begin laying the foundation that in this marriage, we're going to talk about sex. So when things don't go as planned or one of us is hurting or having a hesitation, we talk about it. And whatever we're doing in those early years is what we're going to be doing 40 years down the road, unless we're super intentional about getting help. If it's not looking like we want it to, then we got to get help to change it. And so especially early on, just be intentional about we talk about sex Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's uncomfortable. What can we do to help this feel safe and uncomfortable? Yeah. Well, Focus on the Family is here to help you if you don't feel safe or comfortable in this realm. Um, We're not going to be able to have a long, ongoing conversation with you about this, but we can start with a free consultation with one of our caring Christian counselors. They're a phone call away, 800, the letter A in the word family. Uh, If you need more help on an ongoing basis, they do have a network of recommendations across the country that they can refer you to. So please call us and let's begin that journey of healing. And if our ministry has helped you, please consider supporting us financially. Uh, Focus on the Family has uh, been here day in, day out for 45 years, and uh, your donations sustain us. If we've benefited you in your marriage, please say thank you by making a donation today, either a monthly pledge, which is super helpful for us, or a one-time gift of any amount. Uh, As you found value, please donate, and we'll say thank you by sending a copy of the book by Gary Thomas and Deborah Faleda called Married Sex. Details are in the show notes. We'll continue with Deborah and Gary next time. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.